Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Underground USA. Here's this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder as broadcast on CRN Digital Talk Radio. Everybody's talking at me. CRN Digital Talk Radio, Chuck Wilder here, swayed at the network, and we're live across America and around the world at crntalk.com. Hey, right now I want to go to Frank Sabato, host of the Underground USA podcast, heard everywhere that podcasts are heard. He can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated nationally on Salem and Genesis Communication Affiliate Stations. His website is undergroundusa.com. What is he hiding? Underground. Yes. Hey, Frank, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mr. Wilder. I'm doing. I'm doing good. I'm not hiding nothing. I'm. I'm just trying to stay out of the way of the people like, oh, Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Pelosi. When you, go, when you go on, yeah, when you go underground, you don't have to run into those idiots on a daily basis. Well, when you're underground, you have to dig up the facts too, which you do so well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I give it. I give it. I give it my good old college try. Yeah, boy, isn't uh, guns violence so bad you know what and all one has to do as what you've done is turn to a couple of cities and look what's going on there and and you say wow look at uh, six people killed you know in the what was july 4th uh, thing and then right. compare that to what happens every single weekend uh and we'll we'll use the number one city's best example and that is chicago illinois right yeah, it's, uh, you know, all you heard from the mainstream media over the 4th of July weekend was this mass shooting in Highland Park, Illinois, at a, 4th, at a July 4th parade, and it was everywhere. It was on every network and in every newspaper, on every online publication. That's all they talked about. But they didn't talk about the the over 100 people and the 13 people that were killed in Chicago, the over that weekend, which pretty much examples every weekend in the city of Chicago. So why why was this mass shooting in Highland Park such breaking news when carnage three times that happens every weekend on on streets not far away from Highland Park? Yeah, it, it's and I'll not tell you something gun, too. Yeah, it, it, it's it's this... not about gun violence; it's about sensationalism. And this guy in Highland Park listener 
if you stop and think about it, okay, they talk about the red flags. You know, he'd actually threatened to kill the whole family just a couple of months before his dad said, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and buy you a gun. Yeah. And then all of his uh, postings and his uh, <clears throat> videos that he put out and poems he had written. I mean, my goodness. And if you tattoo your face like that, that ought to tell you something's lopsided. He didn't even get the tattoos yeah. lined up, you know. So yeah, uh, that was a, a great, a great job of parenting right there. You've got yeah, a you've really. got a child that everybody you know, on the face of the planet recognizes as somebody who's got some problems. And let's go and let's go make sure he has access to firearms. That has well, nothing, you know, there's mm-hmm. no there's no background check in the world that that's going to circumvent that bad parenting and the fact that they didn't recognize their kid needed help. There there is no background check for that. So the, this idea that that a law is going to circumvent idiocy and criminality. It, it doesn't work like that. You're asking for a utopian environment, and those who always believe we can achieve utopia, they're jousting at windmills. You know the old saying, Frank, I just now thought about this, uh, about how can you tell when they're lying, and the, the old thing about, well, their lips are moving, right? And <laughs> yeah. especially... When it comes to what is our biggest challenge right now, white supremacists, the white supremacists, the white supremacists, the white supremacists. Boy, I mean, they are just blobbing it down at you. And look at your Chicago track record, okay? Since 2016, Chicago has experienced 4,401 homicides, accumulating in 21,146 shooting victims. I wonder how many there were at the landing of Normandy. Seriously, 21,146 I mean, in Chicago. You know, you, we, can, we can find examples of, of major incidents in a war around the world where uh-huh. shootings were less. You know, so you have uh, a breakdown of ethnicity in here, and let's just see how much white supremacy there is in these the shootings in Chicago. Uh, Asian Pacific Islander, there was one. His gun probably went off accidentally. Yeah, black. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's overwhelmingly black, and and this is where the Black Lives Matter stuff and the defund the yeah. police stuff, and and they're always they're always targeting black people. That argument is so incredibly hollow that it just doesn't it doesn't yeah. stand up under the lightest scrutiny. Two hundred and forty seven of the three hundred three hundred and seventeen homicides to date this year involved black people, and how many white? You know, the white supremacists, how many of those? Eighteen. Eighteen. And and, Black, and those are, and I'm not yeah. and I'm not labeling them white supremacists. The white supremacist aspect of this article was that yeah. the fact that they're saying the domestic terrorists in the United States are the biggest threat are white supremacists. Right. They, what, the biggest threat, at least in our urban areas, are the gangs. Yep. Are the criminal gangs. So and so those that, two are on top, right? That would be black 247 and white Hispanic 49%. Because it's yeah, mostly the blacks and the Hispanics, I think. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 an e- I'm an equal opportunity figure pointer. There's white gangs there in Chicago, go. too, who are just as guilty. But yeah. you, can't, you can't deny the numbers. When 247 black people are killed in just the first six months of, of 2022, there's a problem here. 
So, you know, to sit there and say that there are white supremacist gangs that we have to have the Department of Homeland Security spending all of these resources on to make sure that they can't harm people, you know, it's disingenuous at best. They're, they're running from a problem that they would have to they would have to spotlight to say, you know what, the way we've been approaching victimhood and allowing this to happen in cities that are run by people with far left ideologies, it's not working. They'd have to admit that, but they won't. They won't. Ideology for these people trumps lives and especially the lives of black inner city youth. There's no other way to look at these numbers. None. And it has nothing to do, I don't think, with people saying, well, we're carrying on the tradition, you know, of the whiskey running that was going on during Chicago. Remember the old days, you know, and 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 it's part of uh, Chicago's culture, I guess, to go out and shoot people. I anybody who up here knows that that's a line. Uh-huh. You know, when the mob ran the city, yes, it was a criminal organization, but crime in their neighborhoods was kind of down. Because nobody wanted to, nobody wanted to cross somebody who was actually connected. So you didn't yeah. do this. Just if stay out of the whiskey business. <laughs> yeah. If, if a yeah. gang came into Capone's territory and tried to take over, bad things happened. You yeah. Know? So this is this is not that. There is no culture of we just walk down the street and shoot. When I was in my twenties and thirties, you could go downtown to Chicago. And, and come out of anywhere at 2 o'clock in the morning down in the Mag Mile and walk safely to your car without being accosted. That's because there was law enforcement by the Chicago Police Department then. At first, I thought you were going to tell me you were uh, you were uh, carrying a machine gun, but, yeah, I got no, it now. You, yeah. you didn't need to. You didn't need yeah. to. The policies of the far left that have had control of Chicago ever since the dailies, the the daily machine has has gone by the wayside and into the books of history, have allowed this to come to pass because everybody has to be a victim. No one should be held responsible for their own actions. It's the evil inanimate object that is the gun that's to blame. It's not the gangbanger who dropped out of sixth grade to hustle dope who's pulling the trigger that's to blame. It's always society. It's never the individual. That that has led us to failed cities in Chicago, in Detroit. I'm going to say New York and in various parts of Los Angeles. This is a failure of government to provide the essential mm -hmm. thing that government's supposed to provide, and that's safety of property and safety of person. That's job one, and they're failing. You know, and the number one thing... I'm I'm assuming, is the gun problem, okay? But then you have the drag street racers. Boy, and I'm telling you, it's really getting out of hand. And you talk about in this report about this uh, uh, Cereo and Irving Park. Is that right, uh, Cereo? Yeah, Cicero, I think it is. C- Cicero, Cicero and Irving Park Road. It's a, it yeah. is a popular intersection for drag racers every weekend. It's not just this clandestine group that pops up. It's almost like they have a standing reservation. And we have one person who's running against uh, Lori Lightfoot, who I like to affectionately call Blowfish, because that's what she looks like. And I don't care if people say, well, you're taking a pot of the way she looks. I don't care. She's a horrible human being, and and that's that. Uh, We have one person running against her in the name of Paul Vallis, who posted Twitter videos of exactly what was going on. You had... 
drag racing gangbang member, gangbanger members, throwing M80s with nails wrapped around these explosives into squad cars with police officers in them. Yeah. So, but, but here they are. They're not white. just out there having a race. They also, you know, whenever the police even get close to do something about it, and nails which exploded inside the police car, I mean, wow. You well, know, the nails were wrapped around the, the fireworks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's 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 not it's just as lethal lethal as any IED that that our troops saw in Afghanistan. Any homemade and this, IED. Yeah. From and from the last report on this, the uh, police officer is in serious condition. No, wow. it's, it's when when you have shrapnel coming off an explosion, that's uh, that's yeah. a homemade grenade. But it's white supremacists that are the problem. DHSC's the white supremacist groups that don't gather every weekend to throw IEDs at police officers as the main problem. And I guess this is also a George Soros connection here. Cook County, the attorney, will likely not Kim prosecute. Pardon? And remember, Kim, Kim Fox is the one that led Jesse Smollett off with the fake hate crime. Yeah, but I think she got the directions from uh, Mrs. Obama called up. I don't think it. I know it because they were reporting it for a while. How Michelle no. called and said, "Here's how we want you to handle this." And wow! But yes, there's Chicago. We can't. I, we can't. We can't have you going after him because of his race. Evidently, the Obamas believe that if you're black, crime crime isn't so bad. But if you're a, if if you're a white person that flies a "Don't Tread on Me" flag, you are a white supremacist terrorist of, of a domestic nature. And, and if you don't believe it, listener, politics. check yeah, check out the statistics. You'll see. Just check it out. It's the leftist policies, stupid. Yes. Uh, we're going to continue here in a moment. But as you can see, as uh, Frank says, the criminal bloodletting on the streets of Chicago is a result of political and government culture that has allowed it to mysticize. And uh, Black Lives Matter propaganda and all the other stuff, that's like throwing gasoline on the flames, I guess. More coming up from Frank Savato and the website undergroundusa.com. That's undergroundusa.com. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere, while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. Everybody's talking at me. CRN, Chuck Wilder with Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast. Uh, you know, when you were talking about the Chicago mayor, uh, and I was wondering, is our people, our people moving into Chicago, or is it just totally going down, or is it sort of like remaining the same population-wise, you know? Well, population-wise, there has been an exodus from Chicago. Um, more affluent people have taken more to the suburbs if they haven't relocated out of the state of Illinois altogether. Mm -hmm. The population of the state of Illinois has gone down because 
the the leadership in Springfield, which is the state capital, is just as ideologically damaged in the head as the high Chicago. So we've got a tax problem here. Uh, we've got uh, rights problems here with Governor Pritzker. He's just a horrible governor. He, it's how he got elected is, is beyond you, uh, probably his wallet. Yeah. Do you have a nickname for him, too? Uh, there's a lot of nicknames for him, but let's just say <laughs> that when he goes to the beach, there's Goodyear painted on the side. <laughs> okay. And what was the Chicago mayor again? What, what's your... Uh... Lori Lightfoot. Uh, Lori Lightfoot is is a caustic ideologue whose only only concern is making sure that diversity is in place in the city of Chicago. Yeah. She's handcuffed well, the police department. But she's, you know, when uh, I she's first uh, seen, she's, she's seen the loss of Boeing. Uh, yeah, they yeah. moved out. They moved out of the state. She's seen the loss of Citadel, which is a gigantic hedge fund. Companies are moving out of Chicago. Not only because of the taxes, because of the crime. Yeah, she is. She's is. She's a weird person, you know. Uh, but uh, <laughs> you being, said she reminds you of. I'm sorry. You're being kind. Yeah, well, uh, but you know what? When I first saw her, I thought Beetlejuice. A lot of people said that. A lot of people said Joker. She okay. she has a. Uh, to, to put it even more kindly than you did, she has a very exotic appearance. Uh, yeah, and, and one that, that many would find to be just a tad bit on the disturbing side. Yeah, and you know, and she's, uh, you have one that I kind of don't want to talk exactly about what she said, but, uh, basically, uh, she was bragging that, uh, she had bigger manhood than most people in the city. And she's a lady. All right. Yeah. This, so, this, this was she was she was talking to the union leaders. Yeah. She was talking to the union leaders and about about what they wanted to do and they weren't going her way. And she got into a profanity laced tirade with them and punctuated by by saying, and I'll and I'll edit this a little bit. I have the biggest appendage in the city. Yes. Wow. You know, that's that's. These are, you know, the only thing that she could do that's even less tasteful is to stand on her head in a bikini and twerk, like <laughs> like the representative did out in out in Massachusetts. Did you know that? Uh, uh, I guess it, it first I saw it on uh, Tucker Carlson, and now uh, uh, Gutfield, you know, on the, on his nighttime comedy thing that he does, uh, mm -hmm. he uses that for so many examples. Now, man, I mean. Has it come to that where politics is a joke, and yes. <laughs> the people running yeah. the people running for it, you know, even uh, realize it's a joke and they take advantage of it? I guess I don't know. Is that what you do? You 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 vote for the biggest loser? It it is all about it's Hunger Games. It's it's the it's Caesar's show <laughs> on the Hunger Games. What what can you say that's sensationalistic so people can will will vote? What antic yeah. do you do? What stunt do you pull? Uh, you know, P.T. Barnum has got to, has got to be saying, <laughs> you know, hey, man, I should be getting royalties on this stuff because there is a sucker born every minute. And then we saw a whole boatload of them vote for Biden and Harris. They didn't vet these people. Otherwise, they would have known that Biden was as corrupt as a politician can come. And Kamala Harris has no business in politics at all. She's an imbecile. Yeah. And, uh, boy, you know, when it comes to her sex life, 
You know, that should have disqualified her. I mean, 20 years ago, yeah, 20 years ago, she wouldn't even, you know, her name wouldn't be allowed on the on the goodie, on the on the list. Hey, uh, we are coming up on our bottom of the hour break here, and I'm thinking, uh, what was the guy's name that handled uh, Elvis? Was it Colonel Parker? Was that his? Uh, uh, trying to think, I don't even think he would t- take some of these people now that are, you know, acting weird. <laughs> anyway, hey, Frank Savato is going to return, and when we come back, going to get kind of serious here, and just over. Independence Day weekend alone, uh, some of the tragedy that went on, Frank Savato's got a list. It's undergroundusa.com, undergroundusa.com. The woman I have searched for all my life, and that's a really long time when you get to be my age, was addicted to vaping. It was like an appendage in her hand. When she'd get deeply into something or her anxiety level would grow, it was as if she was walking around in a London fog. In our non-smoking culture, when we'd be out, she'd always have to excuse herself to go outside to take a few puffs just to satisfy the craving. So when the good people at Fume approached me to showcase their product on Underground USA, I immediately started researching their product. Fume, spelled F-U-M, with the double dot diuresis over the U, is the all-natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and natural way to quit cigarettes and vaping. It's a no-smoke, no-vape, and no-nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth habit associated with smoking and vaping. Fume handcrafts wooden inhalers and uses cores infused with plant oils that have been clinically proven to curb cravings. They have flavors like peppermint and conquer, with minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes, and they have other flavors like Cozy Chai and Lemon Berry Bliss for those who are used to a sweeter experience. And all their flavors are 100% natural, no harmful chemicals, no artificial flavors, and absolutely no nicotine. Whether you're a smoker, an ex-smoker who still struggles with the cravings, or a vapor like the love of my life, Fume is the perfect break-the-habit tool for you. Face it, the only thing you really have to lose is the habit and the cost of that habit, which is both a financial cost and a matter of health. Come on, you know it. So head on over to breathefume.com U-U-S-A and use the promo code U-U-S-A, that's the letters U-U-S-A, to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order, an order that could lead you or the one you love to better health and a little bit more wealth. Go to B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash U-U-S-A and use code U-U-S-A. It's better to offer a smoker or a vapor a path to a solution rather than a constant complaint. And if you're like me, if you care enough to be concerned... Fume could help you have more years for the one you've searched for all your life. Go to breathefume, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-F-U-M dot com slash U-U-S-A and use the U-U-S-A code today. Gain some days with the one you love. Everybody's talking at me. 
CRN, Chuck Wilder here, and uh, my guest, Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast, and also he can be heard twice weekly on the Captain's America Third Watch, syndicated by Salem Genesis Communication. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, you have cities, you know, that are in pretty good locations, you know, and like Chicago, you know, up by the Great Lakes, and not too bad, and it's a big city and all this, and then it goes crazy. But just over Independence Day alone, listener, uh, Frank has a partial thing here because, you know, things have happened since then. But in different areas, you know, not just Chicago. You want to talk about some of those? Yeah, sure. From from New York to Los Angeles, Boston to Philadelphia, Houston to Baltimore. It was a, it was a very bloody weekend. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis, and, and, and yeah. It was on the yeah. top of your uh, list here. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. You know, I'll just go right down the list. Eleven okay. people were shot in ten incidents in Indianapolis. Right. Separate shootings in Baltimore left two dead and nine others wounded. <laughs> a five-year-old was killed in a drive-by shooting that also left an eight-year-old injured in Houston. St. Louis police reported at least 16 people were shot, including five killed. And there were 24 in New York City, a 60% increase over last year. Wow. So violent crime is not going down. It's going up in our urban areas because the the Democrats, the liberals, the far left ideologues that are in control of of government in these locations are have a hands off type of attitude when it comes to crime perpetrated by anybody who could be classified as a minority. They they just don't want to prosecute, you know. And and when they do prosecute. Most of these things go down into a plea deal, which decreases time or even puts them on on home monitoring, which is not something that should be you should be eligible for if you've executed a violent crime. Yeah, but it shows you. Yeah, it shows you, Frank, how money can buy politicians, because there are so many of these George sources sponsored attorney generals. And, you know, and we've got, you know, the the one in uh Los Angeles, for example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're all over the place. And it, it's amazing that that it works, that the system works that way, where if you've got enough money, you can change the whole course of crime and how crime is handled. Uh, you have here that last year the FBI said that homicides in the United States in 2020 increased nearly 30% over the previous year. Now, that must be Trump's fault. <laughs> No, you know, this is, you were talking about big money when it comes to how it can buy influence and shape the narrative. Mm -hmm. When, when the media is just completely in bed for sensationalism and ideology, absolutely it can. You know, people, people, there are, there's a certain faction on the left side of the aisle, voters on the left side of the aisle that buy into this white supremacist is the, is the biggest threat to the country narrative. They believe it. Because they consume news and they don't have a questioning eye. They don't say, that doesn't sound right. You know, you had 47 people shot in Chicago last week. Most of them were black. How's that a white supremacist thing? Mm-hmm. They, they don't ask any questions. They don't question what's being, what's being put to them with sensationalist headlines. They read the headlines. They seldom read the article. They seldom read the article. They'll click like because they see a picture or read a headline, and then they believe they know what the story is about. 
That's the culture hey, that we've come to. It's a Twitter culture if, where uh, if you can't understand it in 147 characters, then then you just gloss over it because you don't have the you don't have the patience and intellectual capacity to actually consume a longer article with facts in it. Yeah, and I may be way off on this because I I'm that way a lot, and you know that you've known me for a long time. <laughs> but when they give you the list, you know, of the homicide victims, uh, black 247. Uh, black Hispanic, 1%, uh, white 18, white Hispanic, 49%. Uh, wouldn't it be brown Hispanic? Well, it should be, I, I guess, if we want to get into the... Uh, but if you want to say white supremacy, then that falls right into the what they want you to say, right? Well, I, I, I guess if we're going to be literal uh, colors, white supremacy yeah. would just be about the gangs of albinos out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> You know, and, and when it comes to colors, you know what the bullet yeah. the bullet just doesn't change its mind when it's already been fired. The the, the bullet doesn't care; it's it stays silver or brass. You yeah. know, it just doesn't it just doesn't care, and and that's the point. We, we've cultivated a society that a, such a lowered value of life from beginning to end, a, a decreased value of life that. These kids who who are in the inner city who just see this way of life and it's a, it's a way to get fast money and to have some kind of stature and and to be socially accepted in a society that's based on crime and death, you know, we've we've cultivated this because we're not taking an active role in helping parents actually. When you create generations of people who believe they're victims and and are quite all right with living on the government dole, rather than empowering them to become creators, producers, people who advance their themselves and and start to produce and benefit society, when you don't, this is what you get. These are the long term repercussions of of Johnson's Great Society. And, and if you want to, if you want to listen to someone talk about it incredibly well, read any book on this subject by Thomas Stoll. Uh, I believe one is yeah. uh, debunks fallacies about inner cities and and race and and uh, and government handouts. It's it's completely opposite of what you believe. It helps nobody. It debil it debilitates everybody. So the numbers aren't what they seem. The effects of the Great Society aren't working. They're, they're deteriorating everything. They're making people more dependent on government, and they're making people say, why should I try when I get free money? That's socialism, and it doesn't work. Everywhere it's been tried in the world, it has failed, including Sweden, that tries to always hold up as an example. The Swedes yeah. got away, for, away from this a long time ago, and they keep saying, why do you keep naming us? We're not socialists. You know, we have some socialist programs, but we're not a socialist government, so stop saying that. So socialism, socialism has failed every single time it has been tried around the world throughout the history of man. Yet we continue to keep trying to do that here in the United States, especially in our urban areas. You know what, and I keep saying, you've got the perfect commercial. All right, if you want to know about socialism, just check out Venezuela. I mean... What a country that was. They had all the minerals. They have oil. They Oh, I mean, everything. 
And uh, I've I've heard things, and I don't I don't know how close I am on it, but at the uh, the Dominican voting machine, what was it called? The uh, yeah, Domin- Dominion. Yeah, Dominion voting machine. Yes, I've read stuff, you know, and I you know I took it for face value at the time, but they uh, brought the machines in there, and they said, look, you're going to win, and you're never going to lose another election, and that was like the first time they tried it out, and there you go, socialism. Well, and. And you and you're right. Venezuela was ranked number four in the world for its wealth mm-hmm. before the socialists took over because they they had a capitalist economy. They were responsible natural resources, and the market was working for them. Yeah. But then enter the ideologue who says we have to we have to socially engineer to make everything equitable. And it needs to be fair, and and we'll be the ones that figure out what fair is. And by the way, that rich person doesn't need the stuff that he has, even though he earned it and built it from scratch. We're going to take it for the common good. Mm-hmm. It never works because human nature is fallible. You know, anybody who who rises to the top in a socialist system, times is a corrupt SOB who's grafting off the top. Yeah, and they're they're sure aiming for it right here in the United States. It's just, uh, I don't even think they're hiding it anymore, you know, it's... uh, No, the the far-left ideologues are not hiding it. They see the goal line and they're running for it, and the right is so far behind them. And all that, yeah. We will never catch them. We will never catch them. We have to have some radical elements here. And when I say radical, I, I mean that in the sense that it has to deviate from the norm. I'm not talking about radical like AOC. I'm saying we have to take some extreme measures to be back on track. We've talked about this before when I've talked about nullification. Governors have to employ nullification to simply disregard federal laws that are not within the constraints of U.S. Constitution, the Commerce Clause, the three the three court cases that allowed the Commerce Clause to be expanded to encompass every single thing in society is under federal purview. Those were horrible decisions, just like Roe was a horrible decision that was reversed by Dobbs because it was a constitutional issue, not a moral issue. Federal government had no right to be ruling in it just like they didn't have the right to be ruling in the three cases that expanded federal government's power under the Commerce Clause. So governors have to start nullifying a court case to allow it to those three cases to be overturned, to rein in the federal government the way they have to, and then we in, in, in the states have to make sure our legislatures advance a vote to bring a convention of states to a reality. And then we have to make sure that that those same states plus four ratify what comes out of that convention so that we can put some things into the Constitution via the amendment process in Article 5, which allows us to do it this way, so that we can rein in the federal government for good. I'll tell you one thing. If we had term limits, which I've told you before, I at one time I was saying, no, no, don't get rid of them because, you know, some of your favorite people would have to leave. But if we had term limits, we wouldn't uh, be putting up with Joe Biden right now. No, we no we wouldn't, and we and we wouldn't be putting up with half of the apparatus that is in place, regardless of who's elected to office either. 
You know, and I, I'm going to bring this up again, too. You know how these Congress critters, and especially the ones on the on the left, always want to bring up, you know, we got to we got to make a new gun law. And they've already, I, I don't know, I bet you they've already made seven or eight in the last year, you know, just sneaking them under there. And the thing is, and I bring this up, is that we can see, looking at the numbers, okay, and just think about this real quick. Uh, the National Firearms Act, that was 1934. The Gun mm-hmm. Control Act, they passed, 1968. 1994, the Brady Act and the Federal mm-hmm. Assault Weapons Ban. None of this prevented any school shootings or mass shootings in general. None of it. No. But they just it, keep it, it wanting to add another one, you know. It, it, it hasn't stopped the carnage in the streets of Chicago or New York or Los Angeles. No. no. You know, the blood just keeps flowing. And that's because, for one simple fact, and I, it's, it's incredulous that they don't even acknowledge this. It's yeah. like you're talking to a wall. Criminals don't obey laws. The only thing you do with a gun law is hobble the people who abide by the laws. And those aren't the people who are going out and committing crimes with guns. Criminals do that. So if you want to stop the bloodletting in the streets of Chicago, unhandcuff the Chicago Police Department and let them fight crime in the streets let them fight the people who are committing the crimes on the streets, you know, but that's not what they're doing. Yeah. The law citizen has to be handcuffed and the criminal, well, he's a victim of society. So we're just going to, we're just going to plea bargain him out so he can actually do it again. Another one of those good old sayings, you know, is that, uh, what is it? Uh, a gun in a gun in your hand is better than a nine 11 caller on the other end, or even a policeman on the phone. It's better to have a gun in your hand. It's to, you don't have to wait when, around. See what? Yeah. When when you when you are facing down the barrel of a gun, and and you think that calling nine one one is going to be able to save your life, that's a little bit. It's kind of a ridiculous notion. Yeah. And that's yeah. not a that's not a commercial for concealed carry, although that has it has merits. It is a it is a commercial for allowing our police officers and law enforcement agencies to do what they're supposed to do and get the politicians out of the way, because the ideologues and the politicians are the ones that are blocking law enforcement from actually doing their job. They're the ones that are making the streets unsafe. And because they are elected to office, it's the people who vote for them and who finance their campaigns who have the blood on their hands as I think it goes way back whenever the, you know, cowboy days probably, and they were talking about, you know, if, if you're a free man, you don't need permission, you know, to carry a weapon. Uh, it was just... No, uh, the Second, the, the second yeah. Amendment says that if you're a citizen in good standing, you have the right to bear arms. But all of a sudden, you know, it's like they drank the, uh, the Kool-Aid, Frank, and all of a sudden it seems like the Democrats know what's best. And apparently the founders, they must, the uh, founders are just, they did everything wrong. I mean, wow. It's, uh, thank goodness. No, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> okay. Uh, sometimes you have to watch it, Chuck. I know it. Hey, we're going to be back. We're going to wrap things up in just a moment uh, with Frank Savato. And uh, remember, it's uh, 
undergroundusa.com. What? Underground, U-N-D-E-R-G-R-O-U-N-D-U-S-A.com. Hey, this is Judson Carroll with the Southern Appalachian Herbs Podcast. My new book, Growing Your Survival Herb Garden for Preppers, Homesteaders, and Everyone Else, is really for everyone. No matter where you live, whether you're in a homeowners association or you have a nice big farm, or even if all you have is a balcony and an apartment, you can grow the herbs you need for your health, for your family's health, and be ready to face any circumstance that comes your way. I make growing herbs easy, practical, and fun, actually. So look for this book. It's on Amazon if you want a print copy, or you can contact me directly for an ebook. Find me at judsoncarroll.com. Thanks, and I know you will enjoy this. Everybody's talking at me. Chuck Wilder's CRN with my guest Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast. You know, we were talking about all the cities, Frank, and uh, and states and things like that and gun control. Uh, Miami doesn't seem to have a big problem right now, right? It's like uh, so many other states. Well, do. I think the people of Miami are, are, are happy that it's not like it was in the 80s. Yeah. You know, when the big drug wars were happening. Uh, it's my, the streets of Miami dramatically from that period of time. So when you juxtapose yeah. it to, it's a lot safer than it used to be. But Miami's a big city. It's got crime just like any any other big city. Yeah, it's uh, I, the boat landings. You know, I guess uh, yeah, was probably the the biggest time they had the problems there. The Cuban landings or whatever they were called. Uh, no, you you had you had the Cuban you had the Cuban the wave of Cubans. You had the wave of Haitians. They came over, and this was all happening at the same time that the drug trade was – Miami was a hub for, for the cocaine trade coming out of South America and Colombia. So there was a lot of death that happened in the streets of Miami, and, you know, popular Hollywood culture made a, a profitable show out of it called Miami Vice that everybody yeah, thought yeah. was such a great show to watch. Yeah, when I didn't see that you see, yeah. yeah, when you're seeing bodies laying in the streets for real – uh, there is no Crockett and Tubbs. There, there are no, there are no, uh, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue clothes and and Ferraris. It's just death. You know what you I'm know. I'm going to ask you. Uh, what I feel just recently in the last week is, uh, boy, they are sure talking up COVID again. You know, it sounds yeah, like they're, they're getting ready to lock us up again. They're they're trying. They're trying. I don't think the people are going to be as tolerant of, us, of it as they were last time. I think there'll be a lot more defiance. I think governors will take an opportunity to use nullification to say oh, yeah. no. We're seeing Abbott uh, do that on immigration in, in Texas, which was a very yeah, welcome yeah. response when he said, we're just going to start turning people back at the border the way the federal government's supposed to because they're not doing their job under our compact under the, the our Article 4. So nullification is coming. The governors just have to use it. And and once they say no, it all comes down to money. And if the federal government wants to try to withhold money from the states, the states should figure out a way to withhold federal tax dollars and keep what belongs in their states to their states. 
there's a way to play this game to neuter the federal government, and it, it has to be through legal and through finance. Governors, you can do this. Get together with your staffs, figure out exactly what you need to do to safeguard the people of your state, and say, you guys aren't doing your job, therefore I have to. Yeah. And take back the purview. We're 50 separate states with 50 separate constitutions. The federal constitution is a compact between those states and a federal government that they created and said, these are your duties. Federal government isn't doing their duties anymore. So the states have to take that purview back. Well, always a pleasure to have the one and only Frank Savato, host of Underground USA podcast, and also the Captain's America Third Watch, which you can hear twice weekly. And I certainly appreciate it, Frank, and look forward to our next visit, sir. We will chat soon, Mr. Wilder. I look forward to it. Uh, Mr. Wilder, see? Look at all that respect I get, yes. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you, Swade. Thank you for listening, and God bless the United, that would be the United States of America. Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on, leave a comment if it lets you, and share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our Substack, which comes directly to you, subverting the interference of the Internet gatekeepers and social media censors. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this. Podcasting is hard, but it doesn't have to be. Introducing the science of a podcast, hosted by Spreaker from iHeart. This weekly podcast looks at the many sides of the podcasting industry, from success, growth, and technology to the varying challenges we all face. This is one podcast about podcasting you don't want to miss. New episodes launch every Tuesday. Listen to the science of a podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.